0: Hi and welcome to Soulscape. I'm Jodie, the founder of Solstice, and today I am joined by Bea and Audrey as we continue our Arcana series. Today we are looking at card number five, which is actually number four on the card, because if you have been on this journey with us from the start, you will know that the first card that we looked at, the first card that is in the tarot deck is actually zero the number zero so we are on the fifth card but it's number four and it is the emperor Ooh! whoa
1: Whoa. what's up everyone yeah hi hi that was quite masculine
2: and what's up everyone (laughs) hey bros (laughs) hey bros should we just welcome to this
1: episode (laughs) of the emperor (laughs) let's do some lad podcasting (laughs) oh my god every single straight white man has a podcast can we talk about that
2: um yes always straight white men right now
1: (laughs) i feel like this is gonna be a man-hating episode i didn't mean it to be we are coming off the back of the previous episode which i think gave us a lot of feminine rage (laughs) so i think we're entering into the emperor with a little bit of the spice
2: yeah Right? Yeah, it's not... This is by no means a clean slate that we're coming into the Emperor, so I think it's important that we try and... Because... Bracket as much of this rage as we can, or at least make our studio audience aware of... Yeah. ...of what we've we've been going through.
1: Because the Emperor is not alone. The Empress exists, right? And the same, the Empress is not alone, the Emperor exists. So I think looking at them... Not that we have to look at them together, because we are looking at them separately, but there's always a little influence so we'll keep that in mind as we dive deeper into a conversation facilitated by the emperor or the masculine divine masculine the father archetype whatever you want to call
0: him and are that's maybe are we doing by having like we're bringing in the effect of society into our view of the emperor Already, as mm-hmm. well, it's like because of how society is to the the feminine and the. When we were talking about the empress. We're already. We're we're doing we're bringing in, our. Views mm-hmm. from society into the emperor. in yeah. a similar. Mm-hmm. Way as well, like that he should have as, as much clean slate. As the Empress. That's true. Mm.
1: And I think maybe to give us the clean slate, maybe B can introduce us into the be our in house
0: tarot specialist. Emphasis on specialist. Emphasis on
1: specialist and in house.
2: Absolute expert. Um, The highest
0: highest qualification in the land. (laughs) Solstice. If you want to. Tarot qualification. You want to give us a to little... the next course. <laughs> oh,
1: gosh, how much is that going to
0: cost? Um We're also masculine right now. Yeah.
2: Top G, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> oh, oh, we're already affected by it. It's been a couple minutes. Okay, but B, maybe let's... Here we channel
1: him. Yes, yes. Can you give us a little... Low down on what the emperor is like as a tarot card. And then, you know what? We're going to dive deeper after that into a little bit more of like society. Is like he got a goat
0: on his shoulders? Oh.
2: Well, um, yeah, is I she... actually did that for some relief of the emperor because, um, dear audience, we have um, the, the emperor from the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith deck, which depicts a an old wise man in a red robe, with a crown on he holds an orb in one hand and he holds a a pff, stick you know i don't know, you know <laughs> <That> <laughs> like thing something in his hand he's sat on a throne adorned with ram's heads this card being ruled by aries uh mm. fire sign cardinal mm-hmm. you know the, the natural leaders of the Zodiac and, you know, we've got pure fire here. Um, who's sat on a chaise wearing armour, which is indicative of his you know, his, his thing about protecting. His, he holds an orb in one hand and then, you know, yeah, stick in the other. Uh, his white beard is, you know, symbolic of his wisdom. His crown is symbolic of his regalness his importance um his divinity actually the the kind of the stick is more representative of the fact that this is like because it's it's almost cross-like so this is kind of like this 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 leadership that he has is is divine it's not you know sort of earthbound this is more conceptual again so he rules. He 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 sits in a, in the throne, which is very different to the empress's throne. It's very the empress is very soft, very lush.
1: Yeah, she had like a nice upholstery. She's got a lovely. <laughs> op- His
2: is very hard. So he rules the material realm, uh, where she ruled the metaphysical. Exactly.
0: You no, know when when you say the stick, I actually see the the feminine sign there. Yeah, the Aha, circle the, and, the, and the cross. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Venus symbol. Yeah it's supposed to be
2: yeah so it 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 looks a little bit like he's sat in um like up on a mountain or in some kind of like red sky or something and there's something in the last episode that you said which was quite interesting about how you had this image of a rain cloud and it, it gave me a thought about how like the empress can be seen as the you know the earth and the emperor is the skies and how the skies rain they fertilize the soil so it's that like you can't really have one without the other and then the you know the earth will reuse that you know the seeds given by the sky and then they'll kick them back out again you know the skies will take mm. them and then rain them down again so there's this kind of symbiosis between the two of them i also have i mean what what's interesting about him is that he, that I've always found a little bit hard with this card, especially in the universal weight deck, is that his expression is really curious he looks he looks a bit suspicious. he looks a bit concerned. He, yeah there's there's a, there's a sort of curious expression on his face in Isn't this like one a frown yeah it's a frown like a bit of a... he looks maybe quite quite stern, quite harsh. And I think that speaks to, um, I don't know, maybe some of the resistance that I have around this card and to do with, you know, how I feel as a woman and how I feel about men, specifically men in positions of of power and authority. Like, it's a bit like medieval core, my king, my emperor. (laughs) You know, yeah. I'm not really into it, but there is something obviously to be said for the Divine Masculine, which we're going to get into today. And basically, hopefully, what why I hope we can try and do is to try and reestablish what it means to embody the Divine Masculine in all of its beauty and all that's good about the Divine Masculine and maybe try and deconstruct a little bit how it's been completely... Mm. spun out of control and yeah hopefully to sort of ground him a bit more because ultimately he's a very grounded figure he's a a grounded figure who um he's um, he does things in his own time you know the material world is kind of his to do with what he wants he's not really about following following structures or following order he sort of does what he wants like if you imagine a bit like a tornado or a rain cloud or something like that if we go back to that analogy Mm. um he yeah he, he he lives life according to his own set of rules and isn't about to follow the plan of somebody else um he's a figure that has a lot of power and control over himself and in his ability to understand himself so well, he is able to be a leader for others in understanding where all of his wounds are, what we were literally talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's... He's able to lead without being bossy or controlling. This is actually a man who is exciting, gentle, uh, and creative. So essentially, like, the think of the best father you could imagine... Most creative, fun, uh, entertaining, safe father. This is this is what we're getting at with this card. Mm, that's beautiful.
1: If you think of if if we get mm-hmm. into the the divine masculine, I think, like you said, it's been so distorted, it's gone so far to the point of uh, control and domination that it's hard to uh, come into conversations like this relaxed. Because when you're embodying the emperor, what we know in us about what it means to be masculine is, is a toxic version of it, at least for me. And uh, it helped to look at the, the, what the tarot card means upright in reverse as well, because I looked at the key words again, like I did for the last episode. And upright, it said authority, establishment, father figure reversed it said domination excessive control lack of discipline and inflexibility so is that when it falls out of the pack
0: or something it, it, whether it's full it's whether, whether it's, it's upright up
1: or, or reversed mm. yeah and they can kind of be seen as like inverse or shadow or shadow or you know more shadowy aspects of the card but b you can tell me if i'm wrong because i don't know as much terror. you're not wrong as cool. a
2: specialist i can tell you
1: fantastic
2: <laughs> uh fact
1: checked um yeah so it you know same with the divine feminine it can hold with, with the empress card it can hold its more negative aspects of uh the smothering the overdoing it and so for instance with this if you there's authority but also you can have soft authority you can have like we said a playful father um someone that protects someone that's in control but in a in a caring way um versus someone that has excessive control someone that dominates authoritarian i mean that is literally every i mean this is we as i said before we live in the hetero-colonial patriarchy so all of our systems here at least that we are around are based off of this kind of toxic masculine idea and role of domination and control and conformity rules
0: and then yeah when when you were then brought in that other part to it, it's like how how easily we go to feeling the negative about it when actually there's so much beauty mm-hmm. in the masculine and so much beauty in um the way that the male or masculine can be, mm-hmm. and it's overshadowed by those other factors yeah um Hugely. so it's how how to as well how to make sure we see the beauty and see what we need it for and the same way with the empress that we need both need the masculine and the feminine and seeing the positives and the beauty in them both and what we can take because we were saying before as well how the um that because they're called the masculine and the feminine, there's this association with the gender, which then you go straight to without even realising the gender stereotypes in society, stereotypes of the gender. Whereas the yin and yang, there's no reference to anything that could be gender and there's none of those sort of learnt responses happen. Mm -hmm. and you might be talking about a very similar concept, and none of those things come from inside before you even start talking about it Mm -hmm. because of society. So as much as we want to talk about how society or how it affects us, also how do we not let the habits that we've been sort of blasted with affect us as well Mm -hmm.
1: definitely and it was making me think of um in my psychotherapy training we have experiential sessions i'm going to try my best to explain this because it's a bit difficult to explain but the basics of how i've understood it is we do have we have small groups or we also have a large group session and i'll take the large group for instance you have the entire course plus the tutors in a big room and because I study movement psychotherapy, dance movement psychotherapy, the idea is that the space is open for, it's a roughly an hour, and it's an experiential space, so it's, it's a play space, it's a creative space. There's no music, technically, but anything can happen in the space. And because we're all movers, usually we start by moving, warming up, getting into the body, and then things play out. And we're slightly discouraged from like just talking and externalizing we're more doing seeing what's happening responding to people maybe we play games but usually it's without words so what that models and what comes out of those situations often are a lot of different themes but big one is an idea of seeing and being seen and to me this related to this masculine idea of being seen because to me the divine masculine is very much tied to like the sun for instance in astrology the Divine Feminine is often the Moon. It can also be Venus and Mars. Those are mm. you know, similar. Mm. But something about Mars, for instance, is it rules the physical. It's about the physical, being out, being seen. It's fiery. And the Sun is also about being out, being seen. And it's fiery. So you have this kind of element of masculine that a lot of us are so pained by. And what happens often in these experiential groups is that people will have such emotional responses to viewing other people. Mm -hmm. And equally those people that are being viewed will be seen in in who they are and how they are. And it models kind of how we feel in life, in day-to-day life of seeing and being seen. So the idea of that was kind of in my head when thinking about this episode because it's a massive thing that people work through in therapies as well, like with personal therapists, about what does it mean to be out in the world and be a human and step in and be the sun, you know? And, you know, as, a, as the bodies we're in, as fab people, assigned female at birth people, oftentimes we don't have the confidence to assert ourselves in spaces and be seen in, in our truest form because it's safer to be seen in a different way or whatever. There's so many different blocks. But it just had me thinking about this idea of what that is. And I recently had an experience of coming into myself more and realizing a lot of my kind of emotional patterns from like romantic connections and stuff and I was thinking wow I think I often sit in my moon and my moon is is okay with hiding and being internal and being reflective and being nurturing to myself and that's very much that divine feminine thing I'm, I'm a bit cozy there I'm okay there But you know what I really would like to do? I would really love to just be seen. I would really love to like, you know, walk into a club and absolutely not care that everyone could be looking at me Mm. and really just like shine, like be the sun, be my sun in that. Mm. Right. And some Mm. stuff has held me back to do that because obviously in this body being seen comes with consequences, Mm. you know, but what Mm. is that to step into that masculine form and just be like, look at me.
2: Just had a really weird, like, Christian thought. Like, Ooh. it's so peculiar, like, you saying the, the, the sun. Like, stepping into the sun and the sun mm. being the embodiment of the divine masculine. Mm. Um, because in doing research for this, like, there's, um... Came across, like, the concept of the false masculine, which is mm. the masculine, which is all about domination, power, control, bullying... Uh, subjugation that's the false masculine and the true divine masculine being this you know this this version of a, a, a man or you know masculine that we can sort of barely think about and the example of the divine masculine is jesus hmm. um being the son of the father the son and
0: the holy hmm. spirit which is
2: very i don't know which was just peculiar to me um and like i'm maybe not quite there with christianity but um the way that this figure of jesus is is portrayed and and written about is archetypically what the divine masculine is all about soft caring um you know self-sacrificing selfless selfless yeah this Mm. kind of um this, this curious character. He's um he's he's stable. So in in the deck he's number four. Four is the number of stability. Um, you know four corners make mm-hmm. a house. Um, the empress is three. So that that's like the number of birth. You know two plus one. Two's company, three's a crowd. Um, he sits below her, as I mentioned in the empress podcast. Um, on the cab the cabalistic tree of life. Um, he sits whereas the emp- you know, the the high priestess, sorry, she sits in between the two pillars of severity and mercy, Boaz and Yachin. Um, he sits on the side of, of, of Yachin, which is mercy, and he's underneath her. He literally supports her, like he holds her up. Mm. So there's something mm. about this figure, this supportive, gentle. You know, masculine archetype that you know, and it's like how the sun literally supports the fertilization of mm-hmm. of everything. Like the empress can't flower unless she's she's shined on. Mm-hmm. It um, gives
1: a shines a light on.
2: Yeah, and it's like there's um you can't we can't have one without the other. So there's I suppose not. Not the binary, but there's the two of them there that work kind of constantly, like I suppose weaving around each other, but mm-hmm. never quite meeting, I suppose mm-hmm. in a weird way, you know that they're, they're not together, they're sort of two separate entities that sort of constantly flow in and out mm-hmm. of each other's lives, but it's the constant you know platting of them both that
0: mm-hmm. and when you said is life force, under, I guess, yeah when you said he's underneath, or like when you first said that he was below, I was like, oh, does that mean that she's um, more important or higher? Mm. And then when you said he's below, holding her up, supporting her. And so being underneath doesn't mean less than. It's like you can't be above unless someone is supporting you. Mm. That's really interesting.
1: My mind is going a little crazy about thinking about the elements. Because in astrology, uh, and I don't know, maybe tarot, I'm not sure, but the four elements, so earth and water are seen as feminine elements, and fire and air are seen as masculine elements. And it's quite interesting seeing the emperor as someone ruling the physical, because the physical is earth, if you think about it.
2: Mm.
1: And then, and equally, if you think about what gives life, you could say... All, I mean, all of them do, all of them, yeah. right? They do. They all work together in that. But then I was thinking about, I'm pretty sure it's Anna Halperin who brought in this idea of the body as a microcosm of the earth. And I, I just think about it all the time. I really love the, that image of our bones and our flesh being earth element, right? Our our waters, all of our liquids being water, our heat, our energy. And then we breathe in the air and, and our air goes through all of our so basically our whole bodies are microcosms of the earth therefore and if the earth is this kind of collaboration between this this divine masculine divine feminine mother father parents whatever you know and so are our bodies equally and so that also takes it away from the binary of bodies being either masculine or feminine because they aren't they're both all bodies are regardless of of how they're made up in terms of chromosomes because actually, sex organs. <laughs> sex organs, because there's actually a lot more variation in sex organs and sex characteristics and chromosomes than we think because it's been so oppressed and suppressed by the medical industry because they've been so scared that there's not actually a binary of female male. There's actually more variation than that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like that makes me think if we dive like really deep into like. I don't know, like, mitochondrial, like, cell division or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's, like, <laughs> if, our, th- like, you know, if, let's say, because, you know, everything is just a small version of a bigger thing. So, you know, the idea that all humans are just part of some, like, big galactic being. Like, we're the cells mm-hmm. and we have cells. So, like, our cells maybe have, like, think they have, like, autonomy and maybe they have little societies within our own bodies. And, mm-hmm. you know, what how do they divide like our cells like you know sh- you know shagging like the masculine and feminine <laughs> cells you know like yeah. creating more cells so that the cells can survive and keep going mm-hmm. um and that's sort of what I think about when I think about everyone having like a little bit of masculine and feminine in them because if it's the two of them together that create more you know mm.
1: And they're both creative, they're both creators, they're both valued, yeah. they're both worth, you know?
2: Yeah, you you, you can't what what have one else. without the other. You can't be creative unless you're safe and stable to do so. Um. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it, it won't work. No. And then in life, it's. it's kind of, I mean, I guess it depends on your beliefs about like, what is this existence?
0: We were kind of chatting about
1: that earlier. <laughs>
0: But I guess... What is the point? Yeah, what is
1: the <laughs> point? What is existence? And I was thinking about, well, what do I believe in and what do I know? I'm thinking, okay, life is joy, but it's also pain and suffering. And we we come in and we get all... My, pardon my French. Fucked up. And I'll put explicit on the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we get all fucked up. I don't know. We get, we get messed up by... Um, you know, generational trauma, collective trauma, continuous small family trauma. We're, it's like our lives are just constantly, like, traumatic. Just being in this world, especially right now. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Being in this world is, like, is trauma. And so much of it has to do with, with the masculine and the feminine. So much of it is traumatic. And so if we if we zoom back in on, like, the emperor, I'm thinking about in life what can we do on an individual level to address our relationship to you know what he represents whether that's authority oh my god we all are so traumatized by authority and perpetuate the trauma of authority and it was a to me it's similar to when we talked about the empress i was saying how we received care as a child models how we may give and receive care later on in life equally how you receive authority as a child may show how you receive and both give and become an authority figure later on in mm-hmm. life and so when you become an adult often this is kind of the time you start being like wait i was just oppressed for so long because kids are so oppressed kids are so incredibly oppressed yeah all kids because of how authority set up so then if we come into this adult life and all of a sudden we become authority figures, most people just perpetuate what they know and how they know to discipline, how they know to be an authority figure.
2: But why do they do that?
1: Mm-hmm. Fear. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, it's fear. And the thing about, specifically the false masculine, is that it's just, it's driven by fear. It, you know, why would you control children so much? Because you're terrified of mm-hmm. what might happen to them if you don't. They gain power. Yeah. And... Um, you know, the the dynamics of um you know, predator and prey, this kind of like hunting down um of people, this this, this need to dominate, it's this fear that you, you you're, you know, not enough somehow, um, that you'd need to subjugate the will of another to or gain that power ahead. for yourself, you know, the, the false masculine would say I have to get power from someone else because I don't Mm. have the divine source of it within me but the true divine masculine would say I am an abundant source of power like you know my my if my role is you know to be stable or whatever I can do that abundantly like Mm. I don't have to take it from somebody else or um, I don't have to pressure someone else to do it for me you know i can i can embody that and i can recognize when i'm not embodying that and own that um it's I'm like the... I'd read more of the bible now so don't talk <laughs> about jesus but i don't know
1: <laughs> it's like the um, the witch in hansel and gretel how she you know feeds the kids so she, she can eat them to gain their powers because and it's always like that kind of mm. witch thing which is so interesting because it's like witches are amazing and we're putting this weird like false masculine on them like mm-hmm. idea on them that in order to for them to gain y- i mean that's also their own thing but to gain youth and power and whatever they have to eat children
0: <laughs> you <Yeah>. know
2: <laughs> like what yeah well that's like that's that funny
0: like, in a, that, nurse that old not a nursery rhyme but in a kid's story as well
2: <laughs> yeah in a kid's yeah. story
1: like and that, that is the thing. It's then what is that? Be obedient, you know, like, yeah. don't like whatever. I don't know. It's probably says a lot of things that are going over my head right now, but it's, oh, there's something about it. And that I also, as I was reading, it was saying, I was reading things that were like access your, your divine masculine, you know, they all, again, it's like, they sell these like packages of like yeah. how to access your divine masculine. I think it's so funny. <laughs> um, and there is
0: next one coming up solstice yeah (laughs) of course
1: (laughs) 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 workshop um and there's stuff about being like accessing your inner warrior i find so interesting Mm. we tie this masculine to war and domination and and fighting and conquering and winning again very colonial so it's it's also not just like like i said that this abstract masculine but it's also like a very particular historical cultural context of what masculine is
2: yeah, more false masculine. We don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Let's go and subjugate some people because we need more.
0: Yeah, no, you don't.
2: You know, the, because he's the ruler of the material as well. There's a lot of you know that that can get lost in that. You know, more material goods, resources, more stuff. Yeah, but like slavery. Yeah, well, the slaves were stuff to the them, words. and it's, it's like horrible. It's like, okay, that's. N- That has that has nothing to do with the true the true divine method. Mm. He doesn't need a slave. Mm. Doesn't need stuff Mm. because he's understood that he's so much more than that, and that's an illusion. Mm. And there's like something in, I guess, seeing the the fear in that. Like it's 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 so palpably, you know fearful i need more let me literally fear base yeah let me just let me you know travel halfway across the world to go and you know conquer a continent because i need more it's like are you, who hurt you little
1: insecure tiny yeah. child yeah it's
2: like it, they're just boats full of tiny little crying boys who are who are afraid and i think like thinking back to our sort of rage at the beginning of the episode it's like if you can you know turn all of these you know big powerful men into these like lost little boys and it's like what do you do with a lost little boy like you know you impart the divine feminine and the divine mother archetype to come in and bestow her non-judgmental compassion and mm-hmm. her and her warmth and you know because likewise he needs her as well mm-hmm. um and it it's a lot to sort of wonder about you know like is it Is it for women or for the divine feminine or, you know, whatever to forgive the divine masculine and to, you know, um, you know, when you see the suffering that they're imparting, like knowing that it comes from this place of fear, Mm. um, big thing to do, big thing, forgiveness, Mm. pink tourmaline. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, seriously
1: and I there's so much I love in the in in the true kind of masculine form of and and so much that I try to that I connect to you know and I like to connect to in that the unapologetically being seen in in you in form of you and confidence and clarity brings with it some a logic a structure some some move some action all beautiful things necessary things and things that I like to connect to, you know, and there's just so much distortion that it just, it almost clouds it, and that's why I think even in this episode, we can sit here and talk about the truest divine masculine, but we, we actually have to talk about the false, because it's so complete, like, it's so prominent, just in our lives, and in this world, and it's so deep, and like, underlying everything, and it's like, it feels like we're all born, and somehow have to, like, dig through this, like, really, really dense path to try to get somewhere
0: out of it. Mm. And, and that it's shadowing, like, the amazing, the divine masculine, that, that there's so much that we need from it mm. and that is amazing. And like, when people say, oh, I need to do this because it's the man thing to do, and it's, like, what are you trying to prove... Because you're not actually connected to the divine masculine. And how beautiful is the divine masculine. Mm-hmm. And um, the softness, like you were saying, with the figure of Jesus. And he was the leader, but not in a war way. He didn't have um, knives and things like that. And it's like, right, come on. He, did, he led in a very soft but confident. I don't, actually, I don't know much about yeah, the stories like, at all. You can imagine um, it because but we can all that's...
2: feel that sort of, that sense of it because we all have that in us.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. You can lead with softness. You can, you don't have to put those stereotypical masculine things on the masculine mm-hmm. aspects.
1: And ultimately if it's, if we've considered the mother archetype and if we consider this the father archetype, it's still a parent. So there's still a duty of care for its children, right? So uh, yes, as much as it's like, be seen, be confident, assert yourself, advocate for yourself, but it's also modeling that and teaching that and doing that for the children, being right?
2: Exactly. Like there's something about, especially when you're dealing with the false masculine in the society, we live in how many hundreds thousands of years we've been subjugated to the false masculine that at some point the cycle has to break and someone's going to have to realize that they've just been following up this this fear-based pattern they're doing it because their dads do it because their mm-hmm. dads did it because and it's not just you know dads as like your actual dad it's like who takes the way, on the dad the, role yeah the way yeah. you see men portrayed in in, in the news the way you see you know what are great leaders portrayed as you know are they soft and gentle or are they hard and you know unforgiving and severe you know mm-hmm. very much on the opposite side of where the true divine masculine sits on the side of mercy is he on the side of severity But mm-hmm. he very much you know doesn't belong that's you know the emperor in reverse someone who digs okay. their heels in who you know is Brash and bossy,
0: Hmm. and I I was thinking that yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I was hearing a politician speak on the radio, and I was thinking. Since they got to that position, before they spoke much softer, and um, as soon as they got to the position, the higher position, it's like they felt like they had to be this, talk this certain way, be this, uh, and (laughs) be quite hard and and it's like just because they're now the leader mm-hmm. and it's like I, I, why be who you are like why just because you're suddenly the leader have you got to go strong and hard and and mean mm-hmm. and it's like the the most powerful thing can sometimes be the quietest thing mm-hmm. and the unsaid and just yeah the softness. Definitely. Um, that. Um, I saw somewhere um, someone say this, and then I've not taken it on um, that they're saying how um, when you're if your kids are having a tantrum or shouting or something like that, um, if they're like I don't want to do that, if you go back to them, your natural response is to go yes you have to and go back in the same tone as them, mm. and that just continues it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you go back to them, if they could come and say to you, I don't want to do that, and you go back in a very normal tone, well, this is actually what you have to do. They come down. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember my train of thought for that. (laughs) Yeah, but it's that kind of soft Um, it's Yes, the softness. You don't have to be strong and hard to be powerful.
1: No, not at all. And I've definitely thought about this, because I think, like, analysing my own... um, pain around authority and that kind of hard authority. And then feeling so scared to assert my own authority because I don't want to be scary or mean or harsh or dictatorial. Uh and something my therapist has actually helped me with a lot is thinking about how to come into authority the way I want to be in authority. Who what does Audrey look like as an authority figure? And I think that's an important question for all of us and those listening. Mm-hmm. To think about yourself as someone of authority and who and thinking about your relationship to people in authority. And how do you want to be treated and spoken to and regarded in that? And then how are you going to do that onto others? You know, how do you continue that that thing? And oh, this made me think about as well. Sorry, I'm like, mm. you know, pinging <laughs> off with ideas. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about, you know, how in the Empress episode, the last one, I brought up how uh, the first seven months usually around um with the baby the baby mm. considers mm. the primary caregiver one and the same as themselves it's just like you and me we're the same thing it's just us and then from about seven they're seven months they're like no i'm me you're you so there's something interesting here and maybe i'm connecting something i'm not sure if it's a pattern or not kestenberg has developmental rhythms it's movement analysis and it's looking at babies and children when they move and it goes through different rhythms and we all go through them throughout the first two stages of development first the baby the baby comes out and they engage in the sucking rhythm the first whole rhythm is oral and it's sucking and then after seven months it's biting and so the sucking rhythm is i'm doing like um
0: like if you think it's of, so weird because i was gonna <laughs> say to you that around seven eight months is usually when if you, if you breastfeed yeah that's when the baby kind of starts to pl- like move off play around yep. bite, and they're giving very different experience that they're like Wait, what's it's a happening around here and interested in other things rather yep. than just the mum mm-hmm.
1: it's a different rhythm so and that's what it is that's, that's what so that's what's been observed mm. it's, the, the sucking rhythm is if you imagine like having um a hard candy in your mouth and just like having the taste that that the rhythm of the sucking mm. is what they're in both actually physically engaging in if they like breastfeed and bottle and everything but also in, in what the sucking is, it's nurturing. It's being nurtured. It's being cared for. It's being held. The sucking rhythm is soft and it's like caressing, right? The biting rhythm, which comes at about seven, eight months, is snappier. It's going boundaries. It's going, no, nope, mm-hmm. that's you, that's me. I'm choosing not to do that. It's a little bit more like, t- and it has a little bit of a bit of a mm. sass to it. Mm. But it's so clear in, in how our bodies respond. And what that is saying emotionally is saying, no, I'm me, you're you, I want this, I want that, I don't want that, what's over there? I'm, I'm, you know, I don't need that, the sucking rhythm anymore. Now I'm about the biting rhythm. Anyways, what I was trying to tie to this was the sucking rhythm is very much you and the mother, right? The biting rhythm can still be you and the mother. It's about the separation, but point is it's about the separation, the boundaries, my authority. All of a sudden the baby's like, I can choose not to do that anymore. Are you guys... I'm going to ask the same question I did last time, which is, where Where are you left? What What are you left with? Where are you now? And what are you sitting with?
2: I'm left, like, thinking about this thing, about, like, conformity and sort of that the, the emperor can represent because I think there's a big thing about... Following the crowd and just doing... doing what other people do and kind of not really breaking out and I don't know trying to do something differently and I think I'm thinking mostly in terms of like leadership and compassionate leadership like I'm imagining being a man who would try and um lead differently lead with more compassion and I feel fear at how I'd be laughed at by Mm. other men or how I'd be ostracised and how therefore I'd like maybe have a tendency to avoid doing that um and that's me putting the binary onto the divine masculine um but I think it's like an interesting thought that I don't know I think a lot of the it's kind of on the divine masculine to sort of rectify itself a little bit and for it to recognise you know, compassionately and gently with itself, sort of how far out of hand it's gotten, hmm. how far down the rabbit hole it's gone and how it's sort of going to have to try and dig itself out a little bit. Um And yeah, hopefully it will do so into like a, a space where it won't then be sort of subjugated, it's sort of against its own will. I think that's sort of where forgiveness can come in because it's like, you know, if the Divine Masculine were to be like, sorry, I got a bit out of control, and then the opposing force just went, yep, you know, back in your box. You know, now I'm <laughs> going to subjugate you again. It's like that whole sort of cycle of subjugation will repeat itself. So sort of like a softening from every every which way is needed. I don't know, quite confusing and conceptual, but that's <laughs> sort of what I'm left with, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah totally. it does. Because
0: the... The feeling that I felt when you asked that question was sad. I felt sad for, sad for the masculine, <laughs> um, because there's so much amazingness that can happen from it, and it's society has m- sort of made the masculine, the false masculine, sort of the divine cre- created, the sadness that the false. Masculine has been created, and that the beauty of the divine masculine isn't seen as much as it is because it's so needed, so um, beautiful, and when combined with the divine feminine, like the amazing things that can happen. So, yeah, sad, like the feeling of sadness. But that hopefully through, how we were saying earlier in the Empress podcast, hopefully through the way that people and society are changing their views and people are able to see what's happening and then how to change it, that as much as we can see the divine feminine having its space and strength in in society and the world, that we can also see the divine masculine having its space as well.
1: Mm. Definitely. I think I'm, I'm washed with a bit of the sadness too. Mm. I'm like, wow. It feels, it's funny because it, I don't even feel like that heavy in it. It just feels kind of like somber. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like a light, light wash of sad. Yeah. <laughs> and what you guys said also made me think about the binary between perpetrator and victim and that these energies have fallen into of this like yes because the feminine has been so oppressed therefore the masculine is evil mm. you know and actually yeah. it's the, kind of the false masculine that has some evil qualities yeah. you know not the real masculine not the real masculine is is also oppressed yeah because of how strong the false masculine has become totally so i think there's I think I'm sitting with this kind of like um, nuance of of what was a binary maybe in my system a little bit more before. And it's less of that now. It's just a bit kind of like, huh, what do we do with that now? And, and I'm thinking of what do I do with that now? And I'm going, mm, I would love to nurture my masculine. Mm-hmm. And I would love to shine light on my feminine. And give both of them the space
0: inside to mm. to do their thing, you know. Yeah, and as a mum of boys, I find it a real responsibility of me to nurture them. To know for them to know their divine masculine, and it's not the false masculine, mm-hmm. and, um. And I I I try really hard at that. And the lord's work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's um it's a really important thing for the generations as they go down. And I think it is I think it is changing that like you can see in generational like we think of the great grandparents and the grandparents the the male figure is getting softer generally. Um so when I look back on that sort of trajectory of the male in a lot of families and society it is getting softer that does feel that there's a positive change happening possibly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think hopefully we have an overall greater acceptance of emotions. Yeah. in in emotional spaces and emotions taking space in life in our daily lives in our family lives and I think hopefully that's the trajectory. Yeah. and yeah, embracing that and letting that be the thing and letting The masculine be emotional and the feminine be emotional. And all of them have, all of them are valued, all of its value, you know, in their highest expressions and forms. They're both divine. They're both divine. (laughs) You know what? You guys are divine too. Yeah. And so am I. Um, <laughs> mainly me, <laughs> mainly me. Uh, so with that, I'm gonna. Take... that emoji where they push the... <laughs> yeah, head. I'm gonna for from the divine masculine. I'm gonna take confidence um, <laughs> away, and I'm gonna go be the sun. Uh, but yeah, so if you liked listening, you can find us at Solstice London on Instagram. You can also listen to us on all the podcast platforms, uh, whichever one you are listening to right now you can see if you can leave a review. You can also definitely rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and that would be amazing. But we would also love to hear from you. So DM us if you want to chat with us. And we look forward to um I guess you hearing us in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we look forward to bringing you our voice again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't and wait. Again, Can't and wait. again, and again, and <laughs> again. Great. Thanks guys bye see you next time bye bye bye